0: Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Matt Sabolski. This is a regular panel discussion held with the brightest minds in healthcare. We hold collaborative conversations devoted to those making care as accessible and as innovative as possible. Stay tuned for a special episode of the Digital Health Roundtable. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health care roundtable. I am your host, Matt Cebulski. I am joined today by two very special guests, Sam Jackdell and Steve Loop from Able Health, focused on GI, IBD, Crohn's, you name it. I think a lot of people in the audience probably know someone or they themselves have suffered from this illness. Uh, We're going to talk about the problem and we're going to talk about what they're doing uh, regarding solutions at the end of the show. To get going, gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do and how you got here.
1: Hi, well, uh, thanks for having me. I'm Stephen Loop, by the way. Um, I'm the director of behavioral health in the Department of Gastroenterology over at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, And so I'm a GI psychologist. Um, I didn't know I was going to be a GI psychologist, just kind of ended up here. And we built the department. I was hired actually to uh, start working inside the inflammatory medical or inflammatory bowel disease medical home. And we built up a behavioral health component of that because um, we're starting to look at people a little differently and looking at diseases differently. And that's kind of where I am and what I do.
2: Wonderful. Glad to have you, Steve. Uh, Sam. Hey. Yeah. So uh, yeah, great to be here. Uh, thanks for having us. My name is Sam Jacktal, CEO and founder at Able Health. Uh, by background, I was in the Uh, the business world for a long time, um, did a little bit of clinical research. um, and uh, But most kind of prevalent to this is that I've been an ulcerative colitis patient for about 10 years, which falls under the umbrella of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, And as we were building ABLE, which provides dietary and uh, psychological therapy for uh, GI patients, uh, we couldn't think of anyone uh, more qualified to come in and help design, develop, and build our platform than, than Steve and, and his colleagues at the Cleveland Clinic. So very excited to be here. Uh, Steve's a, a wealth of information, um, and I'm sure your, your listeners are going to be excited to hear what he has to say.
0: Well, I know I know I had been before we uh, had our uh, pre-call, so this has been enlightening for me, uh, a topic I don't know a lot about. Uh, Steve, you said something <clears throat> pretty prophetic when we got going here. You said uh, humans are not just a set of intestines when it comes to treating the condition. What do you mean?
1: like this is interesting when you start looking at the way someone's like gut works it's like affected by everything a person does so we have this nervous system that's hardwired to the gut the enteric nervous system it talks all day with the central nervous system and what's going on in the central nervous system changes the way it's interpreting the messages sent to, up from the gut and then it changes the messages it sends down about functioning On top of that, we have this immune system that's hardwired into the body and is influenced by not only what's happening in the gut, but the central nervous system influences what's going on in the immune system and can produce like pro-inflammatory responses from the immune system. And then we've got our hormonal system, which changes the functioning of the gut. And we just started looking at that and we decided, look if all this is true, then we need to be doing more for people and looking at things like inflammation, looking at symptoms that are going on within the gut, like from this multi like angle approach. And we need to be like addressing as many of these places as we can to try to help work with people who have been diagnosed with GI disorders. And on top of that, like being diagnosed with a GI disorder and having symptoms of a GI disorder cause stress in and of itself, which then increases inflammation, increases dysregulation within the nervous system. And so we started looking at this and going, look, people, we can't just talk about these like complex medical issues as that you are just this organ that's walking around like the intestines. No, it's an organ, but it's connected to everything a human being does and goes through.
0: So uh, great points. and. You know, I agree with that. There's more to it than just this one symptom. Uh, And it is complex and it can be really stressful to deal with some of these disorders. Sam, uh, to follow from Steve here, you said uh, Crohn's used to be this wild treatment experience.
2: Uh, What do you mean? Yeah. I I mean, it, it, sometimes as a patient, so I've been a patient for 10 years, it sometimes feels like we're kind of grasping at straws of like how to manage the condition. Um, I think to me, the, you know as, as a patient, I've seen five different gastroenterologists over a period of almost 10 years. Um, I've taken the drugs that they've given me. I think I've been a pretty good patient, relatively adherent to all of the therapies that they were able to provide me. I, have not, I was not lucky uh, to have access to someone like Steve. Um, I was not lucky to have access to uh, a dietitian or a nutritionist. I had access to gastroenterologists, but that was all I had. And despite going to the Harvards of the world and the Northwesterns and the Dukes of the world, you know these big academic medical centers, um, I and being adherent and being able to afford it, which is not you know, always the, the, the case for everybody, I fell out of remission five times. So I've had five major flares. And so it's a really frustrating experience where you go, I'm taking everything that the gastroenterologist is prescribing to me, and yet I feel like crap all the time. And as a result of feeling like crap, then I'm a, i am I, you know, obviously there, there's other burdens, right? Uh, emotional burden, psychosocial burden, but I then am very expensive, right? For the insurance uh, ecosystem, for the health system. I'm also taxing because I keep coming back because I'm not feeling well. And so I think there's a, you know, kind of two major challenges that I, ha- I identified. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this is one is there's a, a big supply and demand mismatch in GI. There are way more patients than, um, can be treated with the current like system. Uh, so there aren't enough Steve's in the world. And you know, Steve can tell you a little bit more about how few of uh, him there really are. Um, I think the other element is even when you do get access to a gastroenterologist like I did, the tools r- aren't always that effective by themselves. Um, and so we're seeing remission rates of like less than 30% for very expensive biologics. And so it really, as a patient, you go, man, what else is there out there um, and so that's why we we've, we've uh, focused on the, the diet side of things and the psychology side of things. So we have to guide humans in
0: their complexity and where they are before we're focused too heavily on the condition. You cannot dissociate that. Sam did mention there's a mismatch, but talk, talk about the population who suffers from these diseases. The onset is the disease increasing a diagnosis. What's causing it? Diet, epigenetics, location, industrialization. Tell us about these coefficients that matter uh, when we're trying to look at this
1: problem. Sure. You know, it is increasing. The rates of diagnoses within, within IBD is increasing. Um, and we're not entirely sure. We don't even know really what's causing it. If you, like, talk to a gastroenterologist and they're completely honest, we know it's some magical soup of environmental, psychological, dietary, and genetic factors. And when enough of those build up, it's like, okay, now we've got, you've been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. But then on top of that, we have all these correlational studies that show that all these other things are linked to inflammatory bowel disease like you were talking about like living in an industrialized country is one of the things that there's a core there's some correlational data that people that are in industrialized countries are more likely to be diagnosed with ibd now when you look at that data there's it there isn't specifics in that data there's no Predictive data within that, to, or and it's not even like the, we can't control for a lot of those variables to figure out what variable it is within the industrialized country. Is it environmental pollution? Is it a dietary factor in there? Is it some other thing that's in there that we're not exactly able to figure out? But then on top of that, you know, there's lots of things are linked to the development of inflammatory bowel disease that are outside people's control. Like living in the Northern hemisphere, people in the Northern hemisphere are more likely to be diagnosed in the Southern hemisphere. The time of year has been linked to like symptoms. Like people have, tend to have more symptoms in the winter. And there's just so many things that are out there that are linked. And it really starts to go to show you how absolutely complicated this is and how like everything starts affecting people.
0: Regardless, there's a growing need for people to have services and guidance to treat their conditions related. So, how do we build this bridge? Because there's not a lot of GI docs. And from what both of you guys said, uh, the treatment team for effective longitudinal care isn't just one or two folks. It's about six. Tell us about that.
1: Well, and you know, to kind of speak to that, and then I'll get, then Sam, I actually want to let you take over from there. But you know you start looking at like programs that are addressing the disease state this way. We're down to like, not very many, it's starting to become a little bit more popular, but like the traditional paradigm of treatment within GI disorders has been in a gastroenterologist. That was it. And they had their toolbox of medications and that was kind of like what we got and we could try it. And you get down to like inflammatory bowel disease. Um, In before they're starting to become more medications, but it was like, basically like two or three medications we got along with steroids and we'll try them out. We'll see how it goes in with this new treatment paradigm and trying to do it this way with dieticians and psychologists it's starting to catch on, but really there is very, very, very few programs out there that are doing this yet. And there's, you know, try to look at, like we talked about this before we started recording when you look at like the amount of like psychologists that are trained how to work in inflammatory bowel disease or consider themselves specialists in inflammatory bowel disease, you're down to like a handful of people in the world that are really doing this. And so there's just not enough of this total whole person care that's out there yet. And there's way more patients than I could ever possibly see. And so-, so-
2: Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, Matt, I was just going to say, like, I think the, the connection there is, is you know, so, so Steve and his colleagues at the, at the Cleveland Clinic have built out this amazing kind of 360 degree, like holistic, high touch care model for both their IBD patients and their functional GI patients with IBS. Um, and they surround a patient with, uh, you know, a nutritionist, a dietitian, a health coach, uh, a gastroenterologist, an APP a psychologist. Um, and we're seeing that the outcomes are, are great. And so, you know, where where our focus has been with ABLE and, you know, my desire as a patient to get access to something like that um, was to find a way to kind of replicate that, but make it much more scalable so that everyone who needs that care gets that care. And so that we are iterating and improving on the tools that are available to um, those patients and those clinicians to improve the outcomes beyond that. And so what we've kind of developed is a digital first solution that uses AI and machine learning to essentially um, put a patient on a customized path through dietary experimentation and a customized path through psychological uh, therapy uh, with a coach on the other end. And, you know, these programs have been built uh, with an amazing scientific advisory board. Um, You know, Steve is on that. Uh, and we've also run a bunch of studies. And so what we're able to show with our 13 peer review publications is that this kind of digital first with a human second, which addresses the scalability piece, is just as, as effective, if not more effective, than one of those very high-touch care models. Um, and so we're very excited about that. But it, it really does address this desire to treat the whole person, but in a way that utilizes technology to... Uh, to increasingly personalize it, increase the speed at which someone gets to remission, the likelihood they get to remission, and then keep them in remission as long as possible.
0: That is the goal of treatment, right? So Mm -hmm. why has it been so challenging until now? I,
2: I, in
1: my personal opinion, it's because we haven't, you know, like I said, there's been a shift in the way we treat people in medicine. Um, Prior to about the last, it's really taken off in the last 10, 15 years, but prior to that, there, it was like really looking at these individual organs and in just looking at the biology. And there's been more and more emphasis put on these things like, you know, how is what this person's going through and what they're putting in their mouth and what they're breathing in also how is that like affecting this and how is that contributing to this and we're starting to see that if we start paying attention to those things that we can get further with the medications and so there's even interest now from like from our from our our pharmaceutical colleagues of like looking at how do we like develop these things to make the medications more effective. And I think that paradigm shift has really allowed for this expansion of like whole person taking over. The data has been there forever. I mean, you look at like the data in IBD that people, if we can get their like stress down and start working on some of the stress management, we can get diet fixed. Those people stay in remission longer. Um, And they have less surgical complications. And so you start looking at that data and you have to look at it then and go, well, then what are we doing to help with those things? And that's so that's kind of like what's accounted for some of that.
0: We've defined the problem. You're discussing what Abel's doing. Part of this problem has been and will continue to be how to scale, how to make it personal. Why is Abel in this story a prevailing hero?
2: And how are you guys flying this plane? I mean, it, we're, we're building it while we're flying it, uh, but it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's an exciting place to be. I, I think like the way that we've looked at the problem is that if we looked at the problem from the eyes of a system, I think we would have missed a lot of the insight. And I think the insight was that w- when access to a medical home like the Cleveland Clinic has built for IBS, IBD patients, is not available patients build it for themselves right and when they do that and we kind of cobble together these things together like it it clearly shows that there's a problem and a need there and so if you address that need um that's one thing but how you address that need is another and so when we looked at a lot of the, the business models that were out there like building a teleclinic addresses maybe the access problem but doesn't really address the the tools problem and so we organized ourselves uh you know and pardon my language for this as basically a data science company with a pooping problem um i do like
0: that that's a good that's great a little levity goes a long way here sam
2: yeah i'll I'll trademark that eventually but um (laughs) you know it's so so our approach is the the we are not like tech enabled services in the definition that is used a lot which is like someone like a steve now has extra you know, like infrastructure to make him slightly more effective. We are using the digital programs that are AI machine learning guided that are built on the largest GI database in the world, which is proprietary to us to deliver care through the the application and the the software and where the hand is being held by the coach and the clinician on the other side instead of the other way around, right? And um, we've constructed our platform such that um, instead of waiting every 10, 15 years for a seminal paper to be published, we're gathering thousands, tens of thousands of data points for every patient that utilizes the platform. We anonymize, aggregate that, and use that so that every patient that comes onto the platform next gets a faster, more effective, more personalized uh, treatment program. And you can only have that iteration and that learning a la minute, right, like at, at, with every patient if you organize yourself such that it is the data that drives a lot of it, right? And so uh, that's kind of how we've constructed that problem. And so patients can come onto the platform. We ask them a bunch of different questions at intake. We run that against our database and our ML algorithms, and we give them a pathway through diet and a pathway through psychology that is most likely to get them to remission and most likely to keep them in remission once they complete that program. And so that's kind of how we've constructed that program. And because we don't have gastroenterologists on staff, as example, we don't disintermediate the current ecosystem. And so someone like a Steve, someone like a gastroenterologist can actually use us in the clinic as an extra tool in their clinical toolbox. And so we've not only addressed the scalability piece, the integration piece uh, slash c- competition piece, and then ultimately we've also addressed the outcomes piece with our uh, 13 peer-reviewed publications that show that. We are able to deliver better outcomes than working one-on-one with a clinician.
0: Steve, what are your hopes and dreams for your involvement here?
2: You
1: know, my hope has always been that people get access to whole person care, that I really believe that taking care of a person as a whole person that navigates this world in is influenced by everything that happens in it is influenced by their experience is like in needs help with these dietary changes, lifestyle changes, because we're just not built to like do things like change our diet. Um, and our mind gets in the way a lot. So my hope is that everybody can get access to that kind of care. And one of the things that excited me so much when Sam and I started talking was it was like, how do we use like, machine learning AI to like start building these systems so that we can get people customized care through technology and make that more and more available. I want the very best outcomes for people. And I want people to have access to like that care, even if they can't get to a place like Northwestern or Cleveland Clinic. Um, I want people to have access to that kind of care. I'm in the business of trying to help people feel better and trying to pe- help people live the best they can with what's going on. And I think that partnering with our tech partners and helping them to develop these systems is the way we do that.
2: Sam, Sam you, I was
1: Sam. just going to say
2: the alternative to this is is cloning Steve, but we haven't figured that out yet. Huh. So uh, this is well, the best alternative. One of these days.
0: Steve, what would be your twin's name? Um,
2: I'm gonna have to think
1: about that one for okay. a second because I wouldn't want some guy just like wander around like Frank or
0: something <laughs> uh, like <that>. Frank loop <laughs> everybody, the GI specialist. Um, Sam, last word here. And then also where can we find this tool?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like so so you know, kind of taking a step back right from this generalized problem and, and just looking at it from the perspective of a patient who's lived with this for a very long time, you know, my Uh, my grandmother had Crohn's for 45 years, my mother has Crohn's, my sister has Crohn's, and the other sister has IBS. So we've lived 150 plus years with these conditions. And my goal is, I just want people to feel better. Um, I just want uh, patients like me to not have to go through 10 years of experimentation to figure out what works for them. I want them to have that access the day that they're diagnosed, the day that the symptoms show up. Um, And I think Pa- you know, I'm very passionate about patients as CEOs because oftentimes, and you know, Steve, I'm sure you, you've seen this as well, uh, patients take charge of their health and are involved in, in their health and are very resourceful um, when there's, there's a need. And so it's just exciting to, to have you know, uh, folks like myself building this space and others that are really informational to address that. And so my goal is that every patient that gets diagnosed with a GI condition has access to a clinician and to us uh, a- at the same time. Um, and so with that in mind, you know, kind of our, our approach is, uh, you know, people can find us online directly. They can access our tool on, a, on an affordable subscription basis. Um, and then we are working very hard to uh, get this reimbursed by insurers as well as, as self-insured employers. Um, and then over time, our, our goal is eventually to have uh, clinicians like, like Steve and gastroenterologists to be able to uh, recommend ABLE to their patients. Uh, as well as an extra tool. So that's kind of the goal. And you can find us at ablehealth.com. That's A-Y-B-L-E health.com. Or just shoot me a note at sam at ablehealth.com.
0: Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Steve. I will put that in the uh, podcast uh, notes. So uh, on your favorite podcast platform, if you look at the notes, I'll put their website there for ABLE and you can check it out. Gentlemen, Sam, Steve Loop. Thanks for joining us today and to talk about the problem that we described and your solution. It was a pleasure to have you both.
1: It was great to be here, thank you.
0: Thanks for the time, Matt, I appreciate it. You got it. This has been the Digital Health Roundtable. We'll see you next time. This has been the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm Matt Sobolski. Join us next time for another episode. Follow us on Substack and subscribe. We'll see you soon.